What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, December 11th, 2020. Happy Hanukkah to you. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside one of the future class from the Game Awards 2020. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. What's up, Greg? Thank you. So it's, Thank it's you, day two of being in the future class. Does it just, does it feel different? How, you no. know what I mean? Like, no? Okay. Not at all. I was, when they when they said they wanted to add me to the future class, I was under the impression that it would come with superpowers. Because mm-hmm. of, uh, there's like uh, a just, similarity I mean, in name thought there. how that would work, right? I mean, yeah. you just thought that's how it would work. Yeah, because yeah, like future class, days of future past, days yeah. of future class. So you can see how those things will mold together. And so exactly. when I learned that like I wasn't being granted any X-Men powers, I was very uh, unhappy. What was it like getting that call from Jeff Keighley though? Yeah, here he rings you up. Says, he does hey, not ring you up. No. no, I got the email. I was very excited though. Like, uh, in sure. all honesty, I've, I'm very honored to be a part of that. It's really cool. Well, we're super, super proud of you. You've had a great year. Thank you. Under not great conditions. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We try. We do our best around here, Kevin. But you know, we can only fight 2020 for so long before it all seeps in and gets to you. Trying our hardest. Yeah. Trying our hardest. Pressing all the buttons. Trying as hard as we can. <laughs> trying. Yeah, I know. I know exactly. There's a lot of buttons to press too. I'll tell you what. Uh ladies and gentlemen. There's no time to waste. It's the day after the Game Awards, which means we have so much Game Awards stuff to talk about. But on top of that, uh, we have NPD numbers for the month of November. So let's get into it because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, you can give us your questions, your comments, your concerns, your squad up requests, and everything under the video game sun so that you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and get the show ad free. You can get it with the exclusive post show we do. And you can just kick us a few bucks to say, hey, you're doing an all right job. If you don't think we're doing an all right job and want the game for the show for free, you can go to twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Uh, you can watch us record the show live just like PJ Jubilee and Big Bad Beluga and Bizarre Monk are. Uh, if you are on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday uh housekeeping for you yesterday andy streamed some of that cyberpunk 2077 showing off ray tracing and all that goodness on his nvidia rtx 3080 he'll be doing it again next tuesday in case you missed it tuesday december 15th from 11 to 1 p uh well pacific time p.m pacific time. uh 11 a.m to 1 we crossed the thing uh blessing you were on this yesterday i was you reviewed of course cyberpunk for us but of I course did. your computer closer to a potato than this 380 how did it look it looks fantastic. Thing. Yeah. Uh, I so like I'm I'm rocking. Uh, actually, Kevin can tell me what I'm rocking because I always fuck it up every time. It's like an AMD. G- it's a G-W. it's a Radeon something. You know. Yeah. It's a Radeon with an AMD inside it. Yeah, anyway, the- I was I was running the game on ultra settings, like on the highest settings I could possibly do, and seeing Andy run it even on stream just in itself looked incredible. Like I was very jealous that I couldn't run it with ray tracing in DLSS. Understandable. I get that. Yeah, looks crisp. Okay, I'm playing on PS5, you know, but I really a PlayStation 4 version. So what the fuck do I know? How's, you know how's, running. how's that running? I mean, not knowing any better, it runs great. I've I've crashed okay. twice, maybe three times, but like you know, it's it's Cyberpunk. There's glitches and stuff. Like there's you know little visual bugs, but I haven't had anything game breaking, nor have I had anything uh you know that I would say has ruined the experience. I've, I'm running into a lot of what you talked about in your review, where it's mm-hmm. like. 
I don't know, Jackie. What should we do? Pause. Yeah. Well, V, it's like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> All right. let's, let's get it tighter here. We, I understand. It's ruining the momentum of this story I'm on right now, which I'm enjoying, which I'm enjoying. Awesome. I, I, you know, I, to give you context, nobody else, you'll understand this. I'm very early, obviously, in the game, right? But I just took, I took my first pill yesterday where I had something happened and it was like, oh, you got to oh, take okay. a pill to try to yeah. quell this. That was it. And I was like, oh, well, so this story's like, really good. You're pretty far in then. Like, like five and a half six, hours. Eight, okay, you're five and a half hours. So hours? have you been mainlining it so far? Yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, like even okay. the, the side, it was early on, one of the, it was like I had a breather and it was very much like, all right, I'll meet you at the bar later. You know, come there when you want to do the thing. And I was like, all right, and I opened up the side missions. And I was like, okay, let's try one of these. And I, I was like, oh, pay the guy off that, you know, give gave you your, mm-hmm. uh, helped you out in the beginning, the Ripper doc. It's like, oh, he was cool. So I went over to pay him and it's like, oh, I still don't have the money. I was like, oh, well, that would have been helpful to have in the quest. I don't know how much I owed you. I didn't realize I still was broke. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one where it's the one I've seen people sharing around of, uh, uh, you know, friend of the show, Jesse Cox is in there as a guy who has something wrong with his pee-pee. And I, I ran into him on the street, drove him over to the place. And then it was still like, all right, I'll talk to you later. I'm like, all right, well. I'm just going to get back to the main quest since I'm not, yeah. <laughs> like, I just got to wait for you to call me, I guess, or whatever. But it's what you're talking about. Where I, I think the main quest is very interesting so far. It's pulling me through where it is like, fuck, I want to see more of what's going on there. So yeah. I'll see what happens. And I think there's like a point maybe uh, out of, when, once you get out of the prologue and like it feels like everything opens up even more. I think that's yeah. when side quests become a bit more interesting and more involved. I, last night was the night where I got to the... Uh, I guess the what the MacGuffin of or the the kicker of like, okay, this is what people were talking about and what you were talking about in your review of like, there is a clock. There isn't a literal clock, but there is a clock of like what is motivating V to move through his story fast. Yeah. And so last night when I discovered that, I was like, oh, yeah, I can totally see where it'd be like, help me do this. Too. Fuck you. I don't have time for you. <laughs> I got to yeah, do exactly. something. I got I got problems right now. All right. Don't worry about me. Excited to get back to it today. Also, shout out to Numbskull. This is a Numbskull Christmas sweater. It's, I guess, yeah, hashtag Christmas you. sweater day. This is an old PSX one. They sent me a new one this year that I've worn already on the show, but I saw people in the chat talking about it. But this is my old PSX one. Numbskull.com like probably to get it. And a whole bunch of Christmas sweaters. But I digress. They're not a sponsor. Don't listen to them. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack, and our real sponsors, Quip, Trojan, and BetterHelp. But I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Whoa, Barry's own cab. Three items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Now, I say three, and you think, oh, man, what a light news day. I assure you we are going to be here quite some time because I broke Game Awards into two things, and then we got the MPD thing. So let's start from the top with number one, the Game Awards were last night, Blessing. Outside of honoring you, which they spent 30 to 40 minutes on just showing yeah. photos of you and talking about, okay, very shocking great. because there are 50 uh, future class people sure. listed. And for some reason they spent 40 minutes on me and like two seconds on each of the other ones. Well, it's, it's like when you get trail mix and you have your favorite piece in the trail mix, that's the one you think about and talk about. Mm. You don't worry about the, the raisin. Yeah. You don't think about you know the pretzels. No, no, no. You get no. all this crap out of there. It's all about that one thing. That's like a cheese it, but isn't a cheese it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? That thing's great. God, we should learn its name because it's so good. But what do I know? Uh, So I want to start with let's do announcements. Obviously, ladies and gentlemen, there were a bajillion announcements at Game Awards last night. There are rundown articles everywhere. I want you all to know that I am completely cheating on today's episode and keeping IGN's The Game Awards 2020 Every Game Announcement it is a chronological piece written by uh, Felicia Miranda that uh, goes through and does everything. And so I thought 
we could just read this. Obviously, I think most of us watched it, but I thought it would be even better, uh, Bless, if we each did our five highlights to come up with the 10 best things we think that happened at the Game Awards last oh. night. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Like, these are the things, they're not the best. They're the things that excited you the most. We'll do awards after this. This is just the announcements and stuff that if you missed it there. And so I want to start with Open Roads. Uh, if you didn't see this, this is the Fulbright game. Uh, of course, people who did Gone Home, Tacoma, a uh, friend of the show, Steve Gaynor, right? Uh, last night, they didn't even bother telling me ahead of time. I had no idea it was coming. Uh, they announced Open Roads. Uh, in Open Roads, players will experience the story as 16-year-old Tess Devine on a road trip with her mother, Opal, to discover what has been left behind in evocative places forgotten to time. Together, they'll explore a series of long-abandoned family properties, unearthing a mystery much darker than either of them imagined. Opal and Tess's relationship has never been easy, and their search, and in their search, uh, they'll discover not just the truth they've been seeking, but each other. Uh, Caitlin De- Dever uh, voices uh, the role of Tess, and Carrie Russell voices the role of the mother, Opal. Um, the trailer they showed, really beautiful, uh, you know, looked i thought like animated series graphic novel kind of feel to it in terms of what it looked like as it played out and it looked like yeah they're going after like their grandmother had like a secret life might have been a bank robber or something she had this like journal and she moved a page and there was a hidden key and i was like fuck yes yeah. fuck yes from fulbright you know yeah the people who did gone home it's a coma they're gonna tell me a story about this crazy ass family and all this shit's going on there let's fucking go yeah, so, yeah I, like that- how, I like how different it looks from their other games because I, if, you, if you were to tell me that fulbright was announcing or revealing a game at the game awards i would have expected a walking sim that was like a hey go through this you know it was it was a house in this game it was it was a spaceship in tacoma right (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. this time you're gonna walk through an abandoned ship or something and like learn the story here and learn how everything went wrong everything went went right like and I, i i like that them announcing this game right is them taking a pivot and being like, hey, we're going to stick to what we do best, which is telling yeah. stories and telling narratives, these, yeah. uh, narratives that have uh, la- layers that, keep, that you can peel back and uh, go beyond like the big action stuff, right? It is us getting a feel of uh, characters and emotion and all this stuff. I'm glad that they're doing that in a way that is, hey, you know, and i don't maybe it ends up being a walking sim who knows but it is a completely different style oh it will be gotten from them before i think it's going to be i think it's cool that you have the two uh the mom and the daughter so you're talking to somebody but i do think it's going to be you investigating the house kevin i highlighted at the top of this article number one here the felicia miranda at ign if you click on that you can go to that page and maybe control f as we talk about some of these games i don't know if you want to play trailers or whatever but just so there is visual i my prediction on this is that it's going to be a mashup of basically gone home and then what what remains of edith finch right of shoving those together and having it be you have a partner in crime as you go through this thing and start talking about it and finding items and be like mom what's the story behind this and she tells you the thing and how that related to your grandmother and then trying to find secret passages and get it all connected that way like that sounds dope and i'm all about that obviously but i'm a fulbright fanboy and i'm not afraid to say it steve oh kevin's tossing up the trailer right now good job kevin oh, I, I like the I like the evolution too that we've gotten of Walking Sims over the last decade because it did start off with games like uh, I want to say like Talos Principle and then we get into Gone Home which I think really was this eye opening moment as far as oh snap like this is a really good narrative within this game that is short but touching yeah uh, I like that we've gone from that and then like got games like What Remains and games like Firewatch and games like uh, even like low key games like Vir- uh, Virginia and other games like that, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. The the evolution we've gotten of Walking Sims over the years, I think, have been has been awesome to see. And yeah, if this is also Walking Sim, then this looks like it's going to be a very fun, or like a very very cool, uh, very cool one, a very cool step in terms of style and what they're doing w- with like 
just the the setup and the perform in the uh, uh, performers, right? Having Kerry Russell in the game, but yeah, in terms of like the art style, that seems to be the thing that they're really pushing for in this game. 100%. And I think it's going to exude style and, and, you know, be all about that. Uh, the game is set to launch 2021 for PC and consoles. Blessing, what's... We, we, these aren't ranked, obviously. We're just shouting out the things we love we loved from last night. What what speaks to you? I'm going to talk about Season. Uh, oh. Season was the game that was announced by uh, Scavengers Studio. And uh, in their in their lead-up to the game, right, they, they described it like this. Uh, it's a third-person atmospheric adventure bicycle road trip game uh, through the eyes of a young woman from a scheduled from a secluded community. Uh, explore the world for the first time. Collect artifacts and memories before a mysterious cataclysm washes away the world. And it seems to be a game that is about exploration and uh, a bit of like archaeology, which seems to be cool. The reason why I want to shout this game out is one: the art style looks fantastic. Like the actual trailer itself. Uh, I posted it on Twitter, and there were quite a few replies being like, oh, I thought this was like a movie or a cartoon. Yeah, it does. It looks like an animated movie, right? Yeah, and it looks incredible. Um, But then also, Scavenger Studio is the same studio that put out Darwin Project. And that's been their battle royale that they've been trying to make work for the last few years. At the beginning of this year, they put it on PlayStation. And I played it for uh, our 104 PSN games ranked. And I was already interested in that game uh, just because I remember seeing it revealed at E3's pr- prior and having an interest in it because it looked cool. You know, the whole idea of it was it was this more Hunger Games style. You are uh, in this arena with like 10 other players and there is a director and they're messing they're messing around with the, the arena that you're playing in. And you're doing like a lot of a lot of scavenging, and a lot of different like uh, uh, more involved ways of trying to survive in the smaller arena. And like the game was really fun. The game was the game was really fun, but it didn't necessarily speak to a larger audience. And so they put out a blog post that I kind of want to get into because I think it's it's interesting and it starts off a bit sad, but then gets into what I think is a bit inspiring. Okay. Uh, they posted this blog in uh, in June, June twelfth, twenty twenty, where they talk about Scavenger Studio is expanding. They write, "Dear Darwin Project fans and gaming enthusiasts." I'm, I'm Simon Darvo, creative director of Darwin Project and co-founder of Scavenger Studio. I have a bunch of news to share with you, some of, some of which may sound surprising or even strange without context. I've decided to give you a bit of insight, some perspective on the big picture. Darwin Project was not financially viable. The video game industry is structured in projects, each, each with its own partners that invests upfront in exchange for a percentage of future revenues. As the scope of Darwin Project grew, so did the portion we had to share with investors, up to the point that it was not viable for the company to continue investing in it. Even though Darwin Project did not reach the commercial success we had envisioned, the game has undeniably proven to the industry several things. First, we were able to ship a game that rivals AAA productions on an indie budget. Second, we were able to play and deliver using the most advanced technologies, even pushing the boundaries on this front. Third, we built a team and a company and delivered the, delivered the game in record time. Finally, we have demonstrated our agility and ability to build new licenses from scratch and deliver solid products based on entirely original creative direction. So while we ran out of money to pursue the development of Darwin Project, we found financial partners who believe in our team and in our, in our studio's poten- potential. They want to support us and give us a chance with new, proje- with new projects opportunities. 
then they talk about how scavenger studio is expanding uh and they talk about uh here they say i believe that the video game industry is great it's doing well yet i feel like it could be so much better so much greater we barely scratched its potential and yet it is currently dominated by tropes formulas and business opportunity driven projects don't get me wrong i believe in monetization business and profit these are vital aspects of any game project not succeeding in them is what costs me the development of darn project however I believe that these ideas should be part of the project instead of being being its very core. In my opinion, what should be the core of any project is strong creative vision, a flaming intuition, a need to change and disrupt, a different perspective on the universe, a need to push boundaries and uh, to redefine the world. So beside having my own upcoming project, another, another goal I wish to accomplish is to create a space for the most talented creators who have something powerful and unique to express. Uh, he 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 goes on about uh, similar sorts of things, right? Talking about uh, sure. wanting to be able to like you know see more talent, see more passion, see more vision, be at the heart of things as opposed to just pure pure you know financial motivation, which I think is awesome. And then he talks about how yeah we have one studio now or one team now working on season and another team now working on a different game. Uh, but I love this idea that through Darwin Project not uh being financially viable for them and not living up to what they needed to be financially then births these two new ideas, right? One being oh, season, yeah. which is a thing that is, Hey, like we learned so much from the failure of Darwin project. And we're able to take that and put it, put it into a project that still has the same level of, this is what we want to do. This is creative. This is something that we feel like is going to push the medium, but it's also something that we think is going to be uh, viable and something that we're going to be able to, uh, work on with the learnings of what happened with Darwin Project, which I think is a really cool thing. I think, again, it's what you don't see enough of in the industry is the real explanation to the audience of the nuts and bolts of it. You know what I mean? Where it would be simple, I think, for audience pundits, whoever, looking at, oh, Darwin Project, that was a failure. And, like, the studio sucks or whatever. Because, you know, how many people played Darwin Project? Like, obviously you did, but how many other people did? And how many people know that the game was good? And I know about the Darwin Project being good and that you enjoyed it so much because you played it. And without that, I think you just get the fact that it's a failed game. It's a game that came out and didn't do what it was supposed to do and went away. And so you, you go, oh, well, I don't know if that studio is anything worthwhile, right? But you look at fucking season right now. You look at this trailer and... You, I don't know if the game's going to be good. The premise is fascinating. I think yeah. the the premise is really incredible. I think uh, the art style is incredible. I think they've got a vibe to it that you're like, yeah, hell yeah. And so to have them come out and explain, right, go beat, you know, beat by beat of like, this is what it is and this is how it built and this is where we're going and this is why it's something. I think that's incredible. And I think it's inspiring too. Like even that blog post to talk, you know, to talk about your failures is something people don't do enough of period, let alone in this industry. And I think it's funny, you know, you have the the blog post you just read, Bruce Straley, who of course used to be uh, over at Naughty Dog, of course, you know, co did Last of Us, the original. He put up the trailer today too, right? He quote tweeted it in, uh, 32 minutes ago and said, "Thank you, uh, Scav Studio, for this." At Scav Studio, and then he responds to his own thing. Sometimes I get so tired of our industry. This trailer gave me a little hope this morning. Now the next trick, parentheses, we developers have to perform is making it all come together, which is like trying to fly a brick to the moon while performing Shakespeare. <laughs> Godspeed, Scavenger Studios. Yeah. Like, it It, it almost reminds me of uh, Housemark in a way where mm -hmm. I remember reading the blog post from Housemark where they put Arcade out... Arcade is dead. <laughs> yeah, Arcade is dead, right? After putting out, like, the a, a full slate... Of fantastic arcade arcade style games from Resogun uh, to Next Machina and everything in between, right? Like um, 
I'm not going to go through and name, name all their games, but they put out a, a large slate of games on PlayStation yeah. throughout the course of the generation. Uh, and they're a fantastic studio, but they came down on the same conclusion that, hey, we can't keep making these types of games because you guys aren't buying them. And like, they're not financially viable for us. And so for them, the move was to pivot to making something that was more AAA. And they started to get into making their Battle Royale before they partnered with uh, PlayStation to then yep. start working on uh, Returnal which Returnal looks awesome. I'm very down for that game. I think that game is going to be uh, really cool. And I'm sure that's more of what they would want to do compared to, or not necessarily what they want to do, because I'm sure they wanted to make the Battle Royale also. But this, this is... But like, you look at Returnal and you go, oh, that gameplay looks great. And yeah. that's what I think you think. When I think of Housemark, oh, sure, I mean, I think of everything they've done and how incredible their games are, but I think of the gameplay first is where I always go with them. Exactly. And Returnal seems like it is going to be a little bit more true to Housemark than... Uh, the battle royale that they were making and so i like to i i love to see uh indie studios take charge of their own future or or sure. not even take charge but be be able to express themselves in a way that doesn't feel totally hinged on fuck we gotta stay afloat fuck we gotta figure out how to make money because all the stuff that we want to do and all the stuff that we're passionate about just isn't doing it for us because you guys aren't buying it and so to sure. see scavenger studio figure out how to do that or figure out a way to pivot in a way that is going to keep them afloat and also see how smart make those partnerships happen, you know, so they can make a game uh, that looks awesome, right. In order to, to stay afloat. I think that stuff is awesome. Uh, next one for me is the Callisto protocol. Uh, this is uh, caught me completely off guard. If you look, if you follow me on social media, which you should game over Greg, huh? uh, I got a big uh, package. Not what it would have been. Uh, I got a big package period. There's a quote for you. Uh, I got a package, a huge, <laughs> huge package uh, from striking distance studios on Wednesday, right? The day before the game awards, this is giant Yeti cooler. It had a bunch of booze in it. It had uh, drinks. It had a drink menu for what to make their thing. And it, uh, 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 striking distance studios is one of the PUBG like banner studios or whatever so uh, and, and everything in the thing said like you know penitentiary penitentiary it was all like you know in basically like i think i like lost how the beer just said beer and had like dharma initiative on it it all looked like that like it was from a penitentiary and so i thought it was going to be some other battle royale shooter whatever the hell it was going to be and i was like all right cool i don't know if i'll be into the game and then as you're watching the trailer right now when this started up yesterday and we immediately saw what looks to be like what you would imagine the hud of the game to be on the back of this guy's neck i was like oh my god dead space and that's when it all clicked of course is like you know uh glenn schofield uh who or Schofield, uh, who it was most recently making call of duties over at sledgehammer uh he's you know half of the team that made the original dead space with michael country right or half of the leadership team and so like when he brought broke off and started his own studio with some of the other people like uh, steve who've worked on dead space before too i didn't pay much mind to it I, you know you gotta wait to see what the game's actually gonna be to watch this fucking trailer uh for the callisto protocol and have it be like so goddamn dead space like if it's gonna be a spiritual oh, yeah. successor to fucking dead space it's launching 2022 xbox series x playstation 5 and pc uh from the the uh uh, 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 uh press release this is what the official uh thing reads right uh set on jupiter's moon callisto in the year 2320 the callisto and I, am i pronouncing that right kevin callisto uh callisto right yeah, as I'm saying it right now, right. Callisto, yeah, the Callisto right. Protocol is a next generation take on survival horror. The game challenges players to escape the maximum security Black Iron Prison and uncover its terrifying secrets. A blend of horror, action, and immersive storytelling, the game aims to set a new bar for horror in, in a, interactive entertainment. Fuck yes. Are you kidding me? God damn. That was always the thing where like, I was happy to see Glenn and Michael go to Sledgehammer, obviously make 
great Call of Duty games, just not my kind of games that I care about or whatever. But to see Glenn go here now, start a studio, and fucking make a spiritual successor to Dead Space because EA won't make Dead Space anymore. Fuck yes. Let's go. Like, I can't wait for that fucking game. And again, 2022 is what they're targeting. So (laughs) we'll see what it's going to be when we get there. It's a ways out. But god damn, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. This is really cool. Like, the cinematic trailer, I think, did a really good job of setting the tone. And also, like, uh, selling us on the idea that hey this is dead space we're not going to say it out loud but you know you of know course what this is. yeah you, uh, you when you see the thing on the back of their neck you're like okay that's going to be your hud and that's how we'll know for alive and how you'll build off of that yeah what are the what are the two or three things that you feel like this game needs to nail in order to be amazing as at, at what it's trying to be hmm i think it needs i think it needs to be what dead space was and that's subvert your expectations and I think that was always the, you know, the, uh, how, did you play Dead Space? Did you love Dead Space? I didn't love Dead Space. I, but I only, so I played like a bit of Dead Space 3, which I think is the one oh, that people would no, say not to play. No, <laughs> and no, then I also play like a Dead Space mobile game and I also played no. Dead Space, the Dead Space game on Wii. That was like, the, why did you do all these I played things? all the Dead Space games that I probably didn't, like, I probably shouldn't have played. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, no. So, like, to dial it back to when Dead Space came out, right? Like, Dead Space was fantastic for a number of reasons obviously story and visuals and setting but it was also that like it was one of those games where you're like i'm playing it there's a great and skittering over there so clearly that's where the monster is going to come from and then it would come from somewhere completely different or not come at all it was that all right cool i have these what i loved about it is you you're isaac clark you were this engineer on a space station you were not this military dude you were not this guy who was like knew everything you were using your engineering tools like to fix ships you were using it to fight these monsters and part of that was that the monsters you would think to shoot them in the head that wasn't it you had to dismember them that's how these necromorphs went down and stuff so there's all these different things that you took the idea of what you're you would think to do in a horror movie and they didn't do that they tweaked it in a different way and i'll never like for me it'll always be dead space one's memory of trying to get across this giant area with all these catwalks and having just this you know your hud was on your back so you had like your spine was your health and it was like i was down super low on red and i knew i was getting close to the checkpoint i think i and i was like it's one of those where you know the checkpoint's got to be across this whole thing and I remember coming up the stairs of the catwalk and there was a necromorph laying there on the ground and they always laid on the ground and then they'd pop up and get you. And it was that thing of like psyching myself up for like, like literally a minute. I'm like, fuck, how am I going to do this? Cause I'm, even if he pops up, I'll have that fraction of a second. If I cut this way and like that terror of one enemy, just one being there in this one section that I couldn't get around. And then it was the thing I'm talking to you about of like, traditionally that thing's going to pop up and get me, but this game doesn't play that way. So is he really going to pop up and get me or is it going to be, and it was just like to sit there and have that kind of moment about one enemy in a game. I it really made it feel like a survival horror slash action game in an interesting way. Survival horror was all dead space one, but you still had guns and stuff, but dead space two got to be more action, which I enjoyed more, but I know a lot of people took away from it. I also love the fact that dead space two opens up with Isaac Clark in a, in a mental institution because clearly all of this shit would fuck with you to no end. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Dead Space 3, I fucking hate it. They couldn't even, I was like, did, did he pop yeah. up? Oh, the guy there? Mm-hmm. No, he did it, but it was somebody else. Like, it was the normal thing. Of, he did it, and then I went three more feet, and somebody came up over the side of the scaffolding, and I had to run. Uh-huh. That was the other thing, too. They did. They had such great pacing where you always had, it was that what you need a survival horror game to do, right? Where I always felt like I was about to die, but I never, I, I, you oftentimes didn't. It wasn't like you pay, like the old days on a PS2 or PS1 game where you'd paint yourself in a corner. We're like, well, fuck, 
I need two rations. I only have one. There's no way I'm going to get through this thing. How do I do this? It was always that giving that feeling of you are completely vulnerable and you're going to die, but you probably are going to get through. But you, it was like a haunted house, right? Where you feel like you're in danger, but you're not. Hmm. Mm. Exciting. Close yeah. to project. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, my second one that I want to shout out as a highlight for me is uh, Sephiroth coming to Smash. This is a very, Ooh. like, this is obviously the one that when they announced it got the pop from us because we were all not expecting uh, And yeah, like, I, as somebody who likes Smash and as somebody who this this year got very into Final Fantasy VII, uh, VII Remake uh, and a bit into the original Final Fantasy VII, like, this is one that caught me way off guard and got me very excited, both from, like, the, the badass standpoint of uh sephiroth cutting gleam in half in the trailer but then also the fact that they're able to get sephiroth in the game period because i know through getting cloud in the game uh it was very obvious that square enix didn't want to share a lot of the the final fantasy 7 wealth in terms of the soundtrack (laughs) in terms of like all the assets and stuff like it was very much clouds in the game here's two songs here's a stage that's all you're getting uh, the fact that I was wondering what you meant it. by that, like, because yeah. as this is all popping off last night, obviously, I stepped back, let you guys have it because you're these dorks. But yeah, when I watched uh, after the fact, you know, uh, we had a great a whole bunch of great social breakouts put up, I think, by Barrett. Great job, Barrett. And one of them was where you're freaking out about this. and You go, but Square, they don't they don't play nice. And I was like, what yeah. does that mean? I don't understand what that means. Yeah, no, so they, I, this like, is what for- it is. Yeah, for for Cloud, like, they just didn't let, uh, uh, like, you know how with DLC characters in Smash, right? Like, you get a billion songs in the sure, game yeah, yeah. whenever a new character is, is introduced from a new series. Like, when when we got Joker from Persona 5, they added in Persona 3 and Persona 4 stuff. Like, that is how that is how uh, awesome the collaborations have been in Smash. And that's gotcha. how uh, good Sakurai and Nintendo are about trying to go all the way in terms of introducing uh, new main characters into the Smash roster and really giving those characters the space to shine. And Cloud didn't really have that. Like, it was awesome to get Cloud and it was awesome to, uh, you know, get some songs and get the stage and all that stuff. But Cloud did not have that same fanfare. And it was very obviously because Square Enix didn't want to uh, uh, give up all that Final Fantasy VII had to offer. And so getting Sephiroth to me was surprising because I just didn't think that Square Enix would let like give anything else from from final fantasy 7 uh gotcha. and this this means that we're gonna get more music and i and i think this kind of opens the door to all right are we gonna get all the final fantasy 7 stuff that we didn't get the first time around which i think is really exciting hell yeah uh i added this to your your thing here right more this is from nintendo this morning more information about sephiroth will be uh, revealed in a special video dedicated to the upcoming fighter on december 17th at 2 p.m pacific so correct me if I'm wrong, that usually means that he's released that evening, right? So like December 17th evening, you should be playing Sephiroth? Probably, yeah. And they said in the trailer, I think they said December. and so They did say like December. That. They did say December 2024, yeah. yeah. And so this all makes sense. Uh, my next one, my third thing that I thought blew my skirt up and made me go, oh yeah, it was Back for Blood. Uh, Back for Blood, the creators of Left for Dead Turtle Rock fully revealed Back for Blood, a first-person zombie shooter with co-op. It's launching in June 2021. Alpha is next week, though. Uh, Back for Blood can be played online with a squad of four players or solo with up to three AI teammates. The game will also support up to eight players in online PvP, person-versus-person multiplayer. The story takes place after a catastrophic outbreak where most of humanity has either been killed or infected by the parasitic devil worm hardened by unspeakable events the and emboldened to fight for the last of humanity a group of apocalypse veterans called the cleaners have rallied to take uh, the infected horrors known as the ridden and reclaim the world um it is just left for dead and as i said last night watching this trailer don't overthink it 
Just make another Left 4 Dead. Again, you don't want to make more Left 4 Deads, Valve? That's fucking fine. The creators of Left 4 Dead Turtle Rock will go make it on their own, and I am all about that. And it's funny, too, for Back for Blood, you know, yesterday, before Game Awards, Imran and I just mentioned this because we were talking about uh, how J.J. Uh, Abrams' uh, bad, bra- bad Robot had just picked up one of the other Left 4 Dead creators and was having them do stuff over there. And we were talking about how Back for Blood had been announced forever ago, but we hadn't heard anything. Now we do. June 2021. Alpha is on PC next week. You can register for it right now. I did. That's how much I'm into this oh. game, Blessing. That you I'll register. For an alpha for the PC. Well, I was I was bitching to Andy about it that I didn't want him to play it because I didn't want him to you know get tired of it or something. And he's like, why don't you just get it? And we play together. And I was like, no, nah, I guess that makes sense. I got this PC. Dude, I mean, here. I might sign up for it. If, uh, Let's go, if Bo. If you guys are gonna do it, Kevin, you yeah. want to be the fourth? You, me, Andy, and Blessing. Yeah, where we're do I go back from Blood up? Boys. There's some website. Yeah, I can get it for you. Hold on. Yeah. I mean, you could Google it probably, but I'm sure I have it in the press release. Uh, Left for Dead? Not that, not that in the Slack. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, no, no, what? no, no. Don't what? sign up for Left for Dead. Left for Dead, no, you don't want to do that. You don't want yeah, to do that's that. Not, that's the wrong game. That's not the one you want to go to. Sign up. You want to go to backforblood.com, but back for, four with the number four, blood.com. Because like Left for Dead, back for blood, four player co-op. They're saying June 22nd for this release. June twenty second, twenty twenty one. Kevin like, gets it. Can't we just tell them we want to play? And that like doesn't that usually work? Yeah, we can do that. But if you just register, I don't think they're gonna like cut it off. I think mean, they want as many people in here as they can. Oh, they're, they're asking for internet. Yeah, I don't speeds. think this, I don't think there's like a lottery thing. Ew, Steam. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, PC oh, no, game. What's going on? Create a He wants to go outside. He didn't. It doesn't matter. He's totally fine. He's being an asshole. <laughs> Kevin, flick a cigarette at him. Teach him a lesson. Oh, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. I was kidding. Uh, yeah, I fucking can't wait. I loved I love for Left 4 Dead. I understand that, like, people... I saw a lot of people look at this last night and go, oh, just more Left 4 Dead? I'm like, yeah, that's all I want. I just want... I love... Yeah. I, Left 4 Dead was a great time to hop in for a couple hours, kill a bunch of zombies, toss around sh- shotguns and machine guns and go kill things. Let's see what you got back for blood. I'm all about it. Bless, what's your next pick? I want to talk about near replicant version 1.22474487139 dot 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 the trailer for this looked awesome uh if you're unfamiliar near replicant is uh or this version of near replicant is basically a remake of near replicant that came out in 2010 in japan only and it's basically the prequel to near automata or the the uh alternate version of a different near game i think near gestalt um i have not played it i've not played any of the near games before near automata i really love near automata and so this seems like a great jumping in point if i want to experience that uh the, the near just adult slash near replicate uh and it looks awesome i'm surprised by how much it looks like near automata and that gets me really excited because i love the art style of near automata i love what they did with the characters i love the combat system and, the, and things about this combat system look very similar and especially especially when you see the orbs coming at you like near near automata had a lot of that um, yeah, and so a lot of orbs in Nier Automata. A lot of orbs, a lot of uh, bullet hell stuff, uh, slash hack and slash stuff, and this seems like it's it's going for all of that. And so again, very excited about this. This trailer double. I was already sold. This trailer double sold me. And so, and it's coming out. What? Um, uh, I think it was just on April twenty third. April April twenty third. And so soon. Very excited about it. Good. 
Uh, the one, my next one here is this is where you start getting to, I think, the slam dunks you expect, but Perfect Arcs trailer I thought was really well done. Uh, I can't wait oh, to see yeah. what the initiative has, period. Uh, you know, Drew Murray is a industry friend from all the Insomniac stuff we did back in the day. Uh, like, I'm excited to see what this team has up their sleeves. I think that, you know, as a Perfect Arc N64 fan, like, I still have that amount of nostalgia to it where that name means something. I didn't care, obviously, about Perfect Arc Zero like everybody else. Uh, but, I'm stoked to see what they do with this. You know what I mean? I think, you know, we talk about all the time of like Xbox studios know what they need to do. They know they need to come out. They know they need to deliver. So if you get to take perfect dark and I think you watch the trailer as Kevin is right now, right? Like, you know, the polar ice caps have melted. Everything's going to hell. The world's falling apart. Like what's the story you want to tell with Joanna dark there about this and where do you want to put her and what do you have her doing? And what, how much secret agent stuff is there? Like, I can't wait to see what they come up with. I just think, you know, I mean, this is just a teaser. There's like nothing to it other than this drones going through doing it. And then Joanna at the very, very end. But I'm stoked. Yeah, same. I'm right there with you. Like this was the this is one of the uh, trailers that really stood out to me, obviously, because it's the initiative and also Perfect Dark. Right. But I think it, it does do a good job of setting the tone and making it feel like this big new thing, you know, quote unquote new. Uh, Perfect Dark is still one of those games that. Like it's ranked very high on Metacritic. Like it has like a 97 on Metacritic. It's one of the highest ranked games of all time. This uh, is you're talking about 64. 64, yeah. And like I I I always forget about the the love and fervor people have for Perfect Dark. Like Perfect Dark is beloved in a way that I don't think really hit me until I think I mentioned it on a show one time and then like thought about it and I was like, oh yeah. And like looked through like comments and stuff and i was like sure. oh people love perfect dark and i just didn't realize it and like you know i like perfect dark i i, I, I like playing it back in the day but uh them bringing back is obviously like a good idea you know like bring back this thing that's beloved uh and putting it front and center as this initiative project which you are touting as one of your big studios now one of the biggest studios you have is microsoft now yeah uh, i think it's gonna a studio they up. keep setting up to be like they're sony santa monica exactly and maybe we're putting that on them probably we are more than anything but that's the vibe they're giving off about it yeah everything that this game has going for it i'm i'm excited about uh worth pointing out too because you just mentioned metacritic uh blessing at aoe jr on the kind of funny games cast cyberpunk 2077 review we asked you mister i'm so great at guessing metacritics i kick the shit out of greg when we do the metacritic bets on ps i love you xoxo we said what do you think the cyberpunk Metacritic is going to be come Friday. What did you say? I said 90. Do you want to know what it is? What is it? It is 90 on the nose. I hate you. Let's go. <laughs> Fucking hate so you. I don't good. know. Jesus. This time traveling future class bitch. You know I, can't what I, mean? wait. I can't wait for the Metacritic predictions for Gamescast at the be- probably at the beginning of next year. Like I We did it at the beginning of this year, didn't we? Isn't it? Didn't Tim say that? We did no, yeah, we did, we did at the beginning. We haven't of gone year. through them yet. I don't fucking. And we know haven't what's gone through them. Maybe I nailed anymore. all of them, but I first. For, I, I have the feeling that I'm not going to be as accurate as I have been for the last month. Your I powers like have somewhere. only grown. Your yeah, powers have powers, only grown. My powers have grown, and so like this next one, I'm ready because I think I I think I got the stuff now. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you got the stuff. We'll see if you got the stuff. Oh, right? I got the stuff. Uh, what's your next one? What's your what's your fourth? Yeah, what's your fourth uh, favorite thing? Uh, my fourth one is, is It Takes Two from Haze Light. Ooh, Joseph, It Takes Two. Baby, Joseph Ferris' game, new game that he that he showed off. Um, I actually pulled an excerpt here from the PlayStation blog because uh, Joseph Ferris did a whole write-up there. Uh, he mentions, after the success of A Way Out, we definitely wanted to create another co-op game. I think co-op games are very underrated for telling strong stories. There's so much to be explored, especially from a narrative perspective. <clears throat> 
It Takes Two is literally a romantic comedy, which isn't that usual in video games. It's about a small family, a little girl, Rose, the father, Cody, and the mother, May. Uh, Cody and May are about to separate. Rose is devastated about it, of course. So she creates these two dolls representing her parents that magically come to life in this fantastical world. And like, I didn't, as I was watching the trailer, I didn't put all that together. But <laughs> <laughs> reading that and then like seeing the context of the trailer and how ridiculous the game looks and how it seems like it almost, th this game seems a way out-ish in the way that a way out was this co-op experience, right? Five hours where every scene you're doing something different from the next. This seems like that, but in a more fantastical sense, which I think yeah. is going to be really fun. But then with that added layer of, by the way, the core of this story is it's a kid going through their parents' divorce. Like, that's very, like, deep in a way that I'm excited to see tackled. Like, I want to see how uh, Hayes Light Studios and Joseph Ferris uh, translate this story into a thing, into a, into a way, uh, into a game that feels like it is lighthearted and whimsical and fun. And so th uh, this looks really cool to me. From this seems like the culmination of everything they've learned from Brothers in a Way Out, because I would say I, I, I Haze Light I love, and I don't think I necessarily love their games every time. Like I, you know, I platinum to Way Out with Kevin. I enjoyed a Way Out, but I didn't find it like I the whole time I wasn't riveted. Right, like I enjoyed myself. Yeah. It was a fun afternoon we we spent together, and then it was like all right, cool. And I never really thought about a way out again. But I liked the idea that they were making this co op game. I liked the idea that they were experimenting with it. Same thing with Brothers, obviously, and the experimentation and the co op stuff they did there. Looking at this trailer, hearing the story, like I feel like this is the one I'm going to connect with the most so far because the story sounds awesome, and then the gameplay itself looks really engaging, interesting, different. I could see me and Jen playing this. I could see me and Kevin playing this. I could see like wrapping it up in this book and having this narrator and having i assume it's going to be like uh, you know I, I we usually say this for visuals i have a feeling it's going to be like narratively structured like a pixar movie where we're going to get these cutscenes of these characters these dolls getting into the next thing oh my god then we have to get them out of that situation then you get the cutscene again to move it on right and see what's happening with the daughter who doesn't want them to get divorced or whatever it sounds fucking mm -hmm. rad yeah, and this I think comes back a little bit to the Scavengers uh, housemark conversation of this seems like the type of game that Joseph Ferris just really wants to make. Like he's been making these co-op games with these uh, you know weird, fun or uh, um, uh, non-standard, yeah, different stories and different types of gameplay. And you know, it doesn't strike me as the thing that sells. Like a way out, I don't think sold amazingly for an EA published game, but. The fact that he still gets to do to do them and the fact sure. that like they're not the greatest things since sliced bread. Like I'm with you that a way out wasn't necessarily like, you know, a, a work of art or a masterpiece, yeah. but it was still fun. Like it was still yeah. a good time. And I think that those types of games are definitely worth existing and worth being out there for people to check out and be like, oh, yeah, this is a fun, fun thing to play with my partner or friend or roommate or whoever. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he still gets to keep making these games, I think is really cool. Uh, my final one is uh, an obvious one. It's Mass Effect will return. Of course, we got a trailer last night uh, that was kind of the walkthrough, starting with our humanity of space travel and then getting into first contact. Then we got a blown up mass relay. And then we got to see uh, Liara, we assume, out there picking up an N7 uh, like badge, cleaning it off, smiling. We saw so many people have pointed out over you know in the distance. There's three other characters that look like Mort and a whole bunch of different people, uh, Grunt and all that. Uh, it's uh, you know, there we're going long already, obviously, 44 minutes on just this, and we still have two other news stories and everything else to get to. One of the questions wrote in that it didn't make is gonna get cut here, but to be bold on is like what 
do we do we how fucked is bioware like do we trust them like they did it they they like hey dragon age is gonna be at the game awards and then it was just another like narrated animated thing and then hey here's a mass effect teaser and it's like i think this is that's a conversation for almost a different day where we're talking about game awards and hype and fucking cool shit i think at that point i want to check for the day the conversation of anthem casey hudson leaving uh yes. the other guy whose name is escaping me leaving uh dragon age the, like is it mark Duras or something like that yes yes andromeda right like it's like let's check all that and just be like this was a cool trailer like this was a cool trailer this was a hype final trailer before the game of the year uh thing i i you know i enjoyed mass effect so much after mass effect 2 but like I was fucking, I saw this and I was like, all right, yeah, like, this was cool. We got those reactions. And it was that thing of from the very beginning in, in our reaction, I'm like, it's Mass Effect. And then it was like, wait, no, it isn't. Then it, is it? It is. It isn't. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Is, it's it, like, is it Metroid? Because it looked like Metroid. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the last Metroid reveal. Just give I, up, Tim. It's never going to be Metroid. I'm happy. I'm, ha- I'm definitely more than happy for Mass Effect fans. I think this is very exciting. And I think this is a, it's a really awesome uh, uh, promise that Mass Effect is probably going to continue, or at least they're planning for Mass Effect they, to continue yeah. Andromeda. Because I think I think that's reassuring to Mass Effect fans. I do think this announcement is ridiculous <laughs> because like <laughs> they're working on on uh, coming off of Mass Effect Andromeda, which is a failure for them. They're working on or uh, coming off of Anthem actually, because I forgot Anthem, which is uh, a failure for them. <laughs> coming off of Anthem, which is a failure for them. They're working on Anthem next, uh, which I know is a small group of people over at bioware they're working on dragon age 4 they're working on mass effect legendary edition and now they just announced mass effect uh the next mass effect and mass effect will continue i guess i'll just call it and that's ridiculous (laughs) like like this very much has the vibes to me of hey let's announce this just to reassure fans that this is a thing that exists it reminds me of bethesda announcing elder scrolls yep six and that's and, Scott, and, and Starfield and yeah. Yeah, and Starfield. And Starfield is, I assume, their next game. That's gonna come before Elder Scrolls Six. And so I expect that game, what, 2022, 2023 for Starfield? And which would probably put oh, Elder Scrolls. We'll, we'll see. I'm slowing down oh. the conversation. Just go. Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm getting <laughs> but that that would probably put Elder Scrolls Six at what, 2026, 2027? Yeah, Effect, 2025, if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky, if they're like working on them in tandem and they're they've figured out some wizardry. Mass Effect is very much the same thing. You're not going to see Ma- the next Mass Effect until 2026, 2027, maybe. Like, the game is far down the line, and I think it is ridiculous of them to announce it so early. <laughs> Exciting for Mass Effect fans to know that it's still being worked on and they have a future for of it. Of course. But in terms of what's on the slate, let's do one thing at a time here. Just a hype trailer is all I'm saying. It's just a cool Game Awards hype moment. Yeah, for sure. What's your final pick for something that was awesome? The Game Awards. Remember, this is not a comprehensive list by any stretch of the imagination, ladies and gentlemen. I urge you to run over to IGN.com where you can read their Game Awards 2020, every game announcement and reveal from Felicia Miranda. I'll split for what to include as my last one. Um, I had I have Disco Elysium written down because that's coming to consoles, and I think that's very exciting. I can't wait to play that game. Uh, but I, it just occurred to me that we got the trailer for Crimson Desert yesterday. Yeah, and I don't have much to say about it because I don't know much about that studio. Gorgeous um, looking though. But yeah, that game, the trailer that they showed for that game is very gorgeous and actually looks like a next gen thing. And so I don't have much to say about it again, but. It looks cool. If you haven't seen the trailer for Crimson Desert, I'd say check it out. Um, looks awesome. Okay. And Kevin's showing it here. It's yeah, like this, it's it, basically it, like a like a fantasy um, 
Yeah, it looks uh, when we were narrating the trailer because this is one of the parts where we clicked over to Marvel. I think it was like I was like, oh, it, it looks like a gorgeous fucking Assassin's Creed. Like yeah, it looks exactly. like, but then like eventually he's riding dragons at the end. You're like, holy shit, fuck! I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and you look at the combat. The combat is like very fast, almost like hack and slashy in a way that I like. And like the colors, the the environments, the animations in the environments, and how how you see like leaves flowing and 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 like the particle effects for the snow and all that stuff. And yeah, you see here that he's flying on the dragon. All this shit looks beautiful and fantastic in a way where I'm sure when we get the final game, probably won't look as great as the trailer obviously but for what this gameplay trailer is i think it looks really cool this looks so good like it looks like a game that we're never gonna get right exactly it looks like the i compared it to the unreal engine 5 demo yesterday like it gives me those vibes of this doesn't seem like a real game this seems almost too good to be true all right that's that's where you're leaving it yeah that's where i'm gonna leave it crimson crimson desert okay I think it looks great. Can't wait to see more of that either. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, you can go to patreon.com. I, I, you understood because I say it every day, but let me try that again or actually say all the syllables. If you didn't know, <laughs> you didn't know, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash games to be part of the show with your questions, comments, concerns, Patreon producers, and so much more. Plus, more importantly, you can go there to get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, uh, today's first sponsor is Quip. There are only two types of people in this world, those of us who brush and floss every day and those who just might start thanks to Quip's new refillable floss pick. You know Quip, the electric toothbrush. You hear me talk about it all the time, but it's their sleek, reusable floss pick that you'll want to use next. The durable handle is easy to guide, restrings with a click, and comes with a compact mirrored dispensing case for on the go. Uh, Pair your floss with the perfect electric toothbrush for adults and kids. Quip has the simple guiding features you need, like timed sonic vibrations with guiding pulses to help you brush better. You can personalize your routine with over nine premium brush colors, plus anti-cavity toothpaste for every taste uh, in mint and watermelon. And now you can get amazing rewards just for brushing better every day. Quip's smart electric toothbrush connect to the free Quip app, and you can earn amazing rewards like free products and discounts. I am doing that right now. I have more than 200 points saved up already, Blessing, so in your face. Oh. Quip also delivers brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months from $5. Uh, shipping is free, and you can save money and skip the store. Uh, bring delight to your everyday brushing and join the over 5 million mouths brushing with Quip starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash games. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash games. Quip. Better oral made simple. Well, butter or health made simple. But I guess in general, if you just want to short it, it'd be, I, overall, it's probably helping with your oral. Speaking of oral, Gregway, up next is Trojan Tantrix Pleasure Sleeves. While your hand gets it done, and frankly, it's always going to be there, there's a new way, and dare we say, even more exciting way to masturbate. Introducing Trojan tra- Tantrix, uh, the new sex toy for the boys. Introducing the new Trojan Tantrix Pleasure Sleeve, a handheld, soft, textured sheet like really, really soft. Uh, Tantrix uh, is designed to enhance the sensation of each stroke with textured ridges and max or for max pleasure. Uh, since it fits in your hand, you already know how to use it. You just do what you would normally do. Uh, you have full range of motion, so you can adjust your grip and pressure to stimulate where you want. Uh, use with a water-based lube. Use Tantrix for a solo pleasure to take uh, pleasure into your own hands or spice up the elusive hand job and use it with your partner. With Trojan Tantrix, there's a better way to do it. So head to Amazon, Walmart, or Walmart.com to make masturbation so much more. Tim, Tim Getty really enjoys uh, using the Tantrix he mentioned on the show. 
on the Gary on the Gary Witt episode this week, we had Tim actually call in and he he drafted an email to them to get us all to sleep because we all oh, need to try. Thank God. This. Don't okay. worry. Don't worry. We're gonna get. I it keep asking. Me. I want to make sure. Like, I don't want to be like a bother when I ask you guys for stuff. But this sure. one is very important to me. I really want to tan. We gotta get this. Sleep. We gotta get this. Thing. Uh, and the final sponsor of the day is BetterHelp. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. Uh, the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free of charge. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, free of charge to change counselors uh, if you need. Uh, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted each day. Visit BetterHelp.com games. That's better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Kind of Funny Games daily listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash games. Number two on the Roper Report. Uh, let's talk about Game Awards winners. This one we go probably a little bit quicker for them. Uh, obviously, Blessing, The Last of Us, dominated. The Last of Us took home the following awards. Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, Best Narrative, Best Audio Design, Innovation and Accessibility, Best Action Adventure. Uh, from there, Best Art Direction went to Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, best Score and Music went to Final Fantasy. Best Performance went to Laura Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part Two. Games for Impact went to Tell Me Why. Best Ongoing is No Man's Sky. Best Indie is Hades. Best Mobile is Among Us. Best Community Support, Fall Guys. Best AR slash VR is Half-Life Alex. Best Action was Hades. Best Role Playing, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Best Fighting, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, uh, best family, Animal Crossing. Uh, best sim slash strategy, Flight Simulator. Uh, best sports slash racing, uh, Tony Hawk, Pro Skater 1 and 2. Best multiplayer among us, best debut game, Phasmophobia. And content creator of the year was Valkyrie. Any surprises there for you? Not really. I think the one surprise, and it was also a surprise for Sean Murray, was No Man's Sky. <laughs> <laughs> and so congratulations to, to them. Um, but yeah, everything else here, like I, the more I think about my predictions for Game of the Year during our Gamescast episode, the more disappointed I get in myself for not predicting some of these ones. Like I went Hades for, for Game of the Year for my prediction. And I probably should have just went to Last of Us because The Last of Us had way more of a chance. Uh, but I figured like, you know, maybe maybe this is the year that like the Dark Horse takes it and like, you know the critics really like speak out and and uh push for uh you know like the the more uh like the less the less triple a game obviously like hades being being a literal indie game you know i was thinking it'd be like the untitled goose game thing goose game thing of hey we think this game does something quirky and cool let's push it yeah. let's promote it um but that'll last be dice man two, last of part two is the last of part two and so yeah it's, it doesn't surprise me that it's it swept when it came to the, all the things it was nominated for. Suck Sandwich writes into patreon.com slash games just like you can. It says, happy Friday, KFGD crew. Now that we've got the Game Awards over, I wanted to ask something that I've seen a lot of debate around. Are the Game Awards inclusive enough? 
What I mean by that is, does the show do enough, both in terms of spotlighting artists and creators across a broad spectrum and showcasing truly all the best games that the year had to offer, and not just the ones that got the most press? Last of Us Part 2 sw- swept both the Golden Joysticks and now the Game Awards, and I've seen a lot of complaints that many other great games were snubbed because of this. I've seen a lot of people complain that other nominees like Hades and 13 Sentinels got hung out to dry alongside games like Paradise Killer and uh, Umarangi Generation, which weren't even nominated. Did The Last of Us 2 steamroll the competition because it had the biggest budget, or were the awards justified? Could a big show like the Game Awards do a better job highlighting a broader spectrum on creators, artists, and games? Greg, I feel like you might have some insight, uh, insightful input, since Kind of Funny is a judge and you get to see how the sausage is made a little. Suck sandwich. Well, thank you, suck sandwich. Um, It's an interesting question. It's a big question, obviously, but I think it all goes back to the fact, like, you know, I, I don't like this idea here. Did, did Last of Us Part Two steamroll the competition because it had the biggest budget or were the awards justified? In my a professional opinion, which is, you know, take it with a grain of salt. You all have, you play video games and have opinions too. The awards were 100% justified. The Last of Us Part Two is a work of art. It's a masterpiece of a game. I think it's phenomenal on all the reasons you've heard me say a million times over. That doesn't take away from a game like Hades being phenomenal. It doesn't take away from a game like 13 Sentinels being phenomenal. It doesn't take away from Paradise Killer, a whole bunch of indies I hadn't, I haven't heard of or haven't played or whatever. I think the thing is that this is always going to be a subjective art form. And so it is always going to be what game of the year means to you. As soon as Last of Us won last night, I saw peers in this industry being like, oh, God, I can't fucking believe this one. And Hades didn't get this. And yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And it's that thing of like, yep, but the peers in the industry voted otherwise. Like there was a vote between these outlets. And granted, again, I'm saying it myself. Like, what what does my fucking opinion matter over yours? You know, you whatever. Opinions are opinions are opinions. But the outlets that are a part of the game awards, like, you know, the IGNs, the GameSpots, the kind of funnies, the giant bombs, all these different people. Like, this is how the vote went. This is, they think this is the best game. And that starts from a different place of, you know, internally, you want how the sausage is made, right? Like, I get, Jeff says it's time for us to nominate. I put out the nominate nominations to all of kind of funny and we all go in there and just list games and then you second them or third them or fourth them. Right. So you understand that like, no, I back this decision. And then the top five of those get sent to Jeff as our nominations. Then they get compared. They get put into the pot with everybody else's nominations and the nominations that have the most nominations get on the nominations. Then it's voting and yada, yada, yada. And so the fact that these triple a big games rise to the top like that, like, I don't think I, I don't like the argument that that happens because they have the biggest marketing budget or they have the most like I'm that's not to take away from the indies that are doing something incredible. But it is to say that, like, we shouldn't shit on these games to build those up. It's the same thing of like why the Oscars, right, expanded their and I'm, I don't do entertainment, Kevin, you can correct me if you know it, why they expanded to having more best picture nominees. Right. So that they could make more room for not just the artistic stuff but the things that people play the most of and not that not to make it such a ivory tower kind of thing blessing am i wrong this is your you know first in your first year in the industry or whatever like am i mm-hmm. off base i mean i think to some extent it's a popularity contest like the, the so many of the game game of the of the year nominees like they're nominees because more people played them right like i i could see the i could i could very very easily hear the argument that 13 sentinels had a better narrative than a lot of the other games that are nominated but most people didn't play 13 sentinels most people didn't play paradise killer like and these are games that i like these are games i think are awesome games but when you talk about the reality of games that are going to get nominated and the games that are going to win it's going to be the games that 
rise to the top and like you know i the, the question mentions uh because it had the biggest budget or like the uh where the awards are justified right like i last was has the last was part two had the biggest budget because naughty dog has built themselves as a studio and like they've done that by making great games over the year and being owned by sony right and having the, having this support and like it, it's it's this weird kind of yeah that's gonna rise to the top like yeah that's gonna get uh, end up getting nominated because they're going through this process that's kind of proven and that is that is very hard to knock down if you're a game like hades and i think it, it it's tough because as much as video games are art and as much as video games are stories and as much as video games are a bunch of different things they're also technology and so like when you have a high budget to work on this piece of technology like yeah last is part two is going to have the best animations and the best facial capture and the best uh, uh uh or the most refined combat right or the least bugs because they have all this budget and all this stuff to work with and that doesn't take a, I, I don't i don't think any of the things that i'm saying takes away from the fact that yeah last of part two is one of the game of the year nominees it is game of the year like last of part two for me is one of my favorite games of the year and that's just because because all the things that i mentioned all the things that are setting it up for success all that stuff worked for it and so it's a weird it's a weird conversation like i don't know what the fix is here if there is a fix i think maybe a fix is nominate more games so we can have more variety but that said you look at game of the year and we have animal crossing and hades and last of us and final fantasy 7 and ghost of Tsushima, and that is a good variety of games like all those yeah. games are different in many ways right and i could i could have seen easily uh among us get nominated for game of the year i think that was uh, that was very if much you expanded it i definitely think it would have yeah yeah and if you look at that those games all define the year like that is a that is a uh, uh diverse portfolio of games right there and i think that very much exemplifies hey yeah video games are varied and different and this year was awesome and and you know it is what it is uh i think last, sorry, go, go for it go for it i was gonna say i think one of the things that you know if, if you're somebody who wants uh, more diversity in the way we're talking in terms of games nominated and stuff like that obviously because diversity is a big issue in the industry but if we're talking about games nominated and winning awards i think then it also is branching out to different sites like game awards are the mainstream game awards so like the uh, for the industry right so like clearly yeah like if you're going to get that many people together the stuff that is going to be mostly played or is going to be there but if you wanted to know like really the best rpg or the best playstation game or whatever i think that's wishy-washy right now because i would still argue the last of us but you know what i mean if you're looking for like genre specific i would look for genre specific podcasts and websites that are doing those kind of things that have a different angle on it rather than it's like what i always argue when people want to you know if you're trying to do what we do, don't try to be IGN. Try to be you. Try to, you know, what do you love? Make a site and a podcast about that rather than try to be everything. Yeah, the bummer The bummer I have in terms of the categories and picks is uh, categories like best fighting game where the winner the winner was very easily predicted as Mortal Kombat because yeah. for the folks who, are, who you're reaching out to submit votes for best fighting game, like you're still reaching out to the same panel of judges that did game of the year, right? And for folks like, you know, IGN might be a bad example because I'm sure IGN has fighting game people, but for the wide swath of uh, uh, jury that you're reaching out to, like most of them don't have the knowledge of what's going on in the fighting game community. And so like it was very obvious that Mortal Kombat was going to win that vote. And I would say Mortal Kombat is deserving because they did put out a great update this year. But even 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 so, like for the fact that One Punch Man was on that list, I think is just ridiculous. The fact that uh, uh i can't remember what other games on the list but that game that list didn't seem very representative of fighting games in 2020 and at least sure. like the good fighting games in 2020 
And that's why I think you go to a fighting game website if you wanted to see like that detailed discussion of it, right? And I think mm-hmm. even here, which is weird, is like we take I you know kind of funny takes it very seriously of like, hey, like ideas like if you didn't play well, for nominations, if I think it's if you can't nominate three games, don't nominate anything, and then also don't vote in it when you get there if you haven't played three games, right? Like the idea of like mm-hmm. play the majority of this category, know something about this, don't just nominate to nominate. And so for us, we leave also, you know, the, the sports section and then fighting games, I think, or maybe this fighting games with you this year, we might have entered them, but normally yeah, it would be I think playing. me and Imran voted in fighting games. And so that was the thing of like, for all of us then putting together our ballot to, or when we got the ballot back from Jeff to then vote on it and I put it out to everybody, like there's a cat, there's a, you know, f- a sixth option on every one of the votes that is I didn't play enough of these to do it. And you would hope that, yeah, if you go to whatever other site, if there is a champion there for fighting games, they are saying, guys, this is the fighting game. This is what we should vote for. And that you'd believe that person. And that's how you would go. It's a big question. And so I know we're, you know, jump, jump, jumping around, but I, I don't, I don't like when it sounds like it's just like, oh, well they won because of the, was like, oh no, they're a great game too. But mm-hmm. that's another conversation for another time. Uh, speaking of number three on the Roper report, NPD for November, 2020 is out. I'm of course reading from Jeffy Grub Grub over at games beat. Uh, we're going to go through this one lightning quick. Just give you the super top level stuff. Uh, PlayStation five and C- Xbox series X launched last, last month and they helped set a new November record according to industry tracking firm, the NPD group. But the fever for the next gen consoles didn't cool off demand for the Nintendo switch. Quote, PlayStation 5 was November's best-selling hardware platform in consumer spending, while Nintendo Switch led the market in units sold, said Matt Piscatella, an MPD analyst. Uh, Nintendo Switch uh, has been the best-selling hardware platform in units sold for a record 24 consecutive months. PlayStation 5 achieved the highest launch month unit and dollar sales for a video game hardware platform in U.S. history. Uh, The records were previously held by the PlayStation 4, which debuted in November 2013. So uh, Matt Piscatello went on to talk about this, that if they could have put more out, they would have sold even more, but obviously hampered by what this is. On the game side, uh, your top three are number one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number two, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number three, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, Jeffy Grubgrub and Matt Piscatello have information on that. Quote, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War was November's best-selling game and instantly becomes the best-selling game of 2020 year-to-date, said Matt. Wow. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War represents 2020's biggest launch. The title ranks first on both PlayStation and Xbox platforms for the month of November, as well as year-to-date, end quote. Uh, Black Ops Cold War continues a streak for Call of Duty, which always outsells the competition during its debut month. Quote, this is the 13th consecutive year a Call of Duty game has ranked as the best-selling game of its release month, Matt said. Jumping to Assassin's Creed, quote, Assassin's Creed Valhalla debuted as the second best-selling game of November and is the seventh best-selling game year-to-date. Assassin's Creed Valhalla achieved the highest launch month sales for an Assassin's Creed franchise title since the release of Assassin's Creed 3 in 2012. Fucking huge. And then jumping to Spider-Man, quote, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales was the third best-selling game of November while ranking second on PlayStation platforms. Launch month sales of Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales are the second highest amongst hero superhero games on the PlayStation platforms in U.S. history, trailing only the September 2018 sales of Marvel's Spider-Man, end quote. Beyond those top three, it goes number four, Madden NFL 21, number five, NBA 2K21, number six, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, number seven, Watch Dogs Legion, number eight, Animal Crossing New Horizons, number nine, FIFA 21, and then number 10, Demon Souls popping in there. Uh, In terms of another new game, number 13 was Just Dance 2021. Blessing. Greg. I can't wait for Call of Duty to be the 14th consecutive year where it just kicks the shit out of everybody and it's release month. But next year's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? 
You'd go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Wes, I'm going to do out today and then you do new dates because there's just, I've been talking a lot and I feel like especially on the run, I'm out of here, okay? You're doing great. Thank you, buddy. You're doing good. Out out today, Panzer Dragoon Remake Xbox One, Alba, A Wildlife Adventure on PC, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond on VR, My Hidden Things on Xbox One, Sinker 2, Xbox One, Cyber Crush 2069 on PC. Get it. That's Just fucking awesome. get it. Get that SEO. Warplanes, WW1, Sky Aces on Switch, Autumn's Journey on Switch, Splashy Cube on Switch, Persian Knights uh, 2, The Moonlight Veil on Switch. Uh, the second Star Wars Squadrons holiday update is now live. The latest update brings the highly requested B-Wing Starfighter for the New Republic and TIE slash D Defender multi-role Starfighter for the Empire to the game. With this update, Motive Studios is also launching custom matches. Uh, Mork Red is now available on Xbox Game Pass, Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, Windows 10, and Steam. Uh, the Swedish chef from the Muppets is now an overcooked as a playable chef. Uh, Shady Part of Me is now available on PC, uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. And then Master Chiefs in Fortnite. Blood Gulch is in creative mode in Fortnite this weekend. And Daryl and Michonne are coming soon to Fortnite. Those were more Game Award announcements. And then new dates for you. Uh, We got Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout Season 3. That launches on December 15th. The Callisto Protocol aims to put horror back in survival horror in 2022. Sea of Solitude, the director's cut at the Game Awards 2020. uh, That's scheduled for launch on March 4th, 2021. The Elder Scrolls Online Gates of Oblivion, uh, the global reveal event, is scheduled for January 21st, 2021. Super Meat Boy Forever is coming to the Epic Game Store on December 23rd, 2020. Returnal is coming March 19th, 2021 for PS5. The Nintendo Switch is getting Ghost and Goblins Resurrection on February 25th, 2021. Outriders is coming out February 2nd, 2021. Look for, look forward to that. Get that game is really cool. Me and Amy previewed it. Uh, I have good t- good things to say about it. Uh, it's coming to the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. Forza Horizon 4 is getting a Cyberpunk 2077 vehicle. Uh, it'll be available for free starting on December 11th. Hood Outlaws and Legends is launching on May 10th, 2021 for PS4, Xbox One, PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Near Replicant is coming April 23rd. And then GameSpot, Winter has come to... De- this is from GameSpot. Winter has come to Destiny 2 as its annual dawning event will kick off from December 15th and run until January 5th. Like previous dawning adventures, new seasonal weapons and armor will be made available, allowing you to dress your guardians up in snazzy festive gear before you head out to slay gods. And then It Takes Two is coming to consoles and PC on March 26th, 2021. Deals of the day. Xbox Game Pass cannot be stopped as the greatest deal in possibly gaming history. Coming soon, uh, you have the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, Android and console, Neoverse console, Killer Queen Black console, Among Us PC, Cyber Shadow console and PC, The Medium console and PC, Yakuza 3, 4, 5, and 6. Well, Yakuza 3, 4, 5 remastered console and PC. Yakuza 6, The Song of Life console and PC. Uh, As we already talked about up there, Mork Red is Android console and PC. It's out now. Elder Scrolls Skyrim, which I mentioned above too, is out December 5th. Among Us is December 17th. Beholder Complete Edition is Android and console December 17th. Code Vein is December 17th on Android and console. The Dark Pictures Anthology Man of Medan is PC December 17th. Monster Train is console December 17th. MotoGP 20 is December 17th. My Friend Pedro is Android December 17th. Neoverse, which I mentioned up there, Android and console December 17th. And Wilmot's Warehouse console and PC December 17th. I like that you called it Elder Scrolls V. I'm just trying to go. 
You know what I mean? They're just trying to run. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to go calling through it that now because I like I like that idea that it's not a five; it's a V. V has come to wake up, samurai V. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope I think I'm hoping I get to that scene today, but I digress. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we ask the people watching live on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games to go to kindoffunny.com/slash You're Wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Uh, good news, blessing. We are fine. Just a bunch of editorializing in here that I've already cleaned up, hey. so we nailed it. Don't worry about it. Who would have thought? Nailing it right here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week down a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. Of course, the show isn't over. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to get the post show we are about to do. If you don't want to go there, though, you have to wait till next week when it will be the final week of Kind of Funny Games Daily for the year 2020. Monday, it'll be me and Tim. Tuesday, it'll be Blessing and Imran. Wednesday, it'll be me and Gary. Thursday, it'll be me and Tim. Friday, it'll be me and Blessing to close out Kind of Funny Games Daily for 2020. Uh, remember, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash games right now, you can stick around. Screencast is up next, talking about that new Mandalorian episode. I'm sure a bunch of other stuff, a whole bunch of Disney stuff and MCU and all that jazz from yesterday. But we got a post show to do. So until next time, it's been a pleasure to serve you.